Welcome in to the Blitz and Buckets podcast. As always, I am your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz, and I am joined alongside by Mr. Jaden Kozak, my fellow host. How you doing, bro? It's Victory Tuesdays, man. We're we're having we're having a good positive <laughs> of the Victory Tuesdays. Victory right now. Victory Tuesdays. I've never heard that term before. Is that is that something that we've just come up with? Nice. Uh, well, I can't say Victory Mondays because it's not Monday. And actually, at the time of this recording, it is twelve forty-five a.m. And that is how hard we work to have this pod out for you oh, guys. Yeah. We we don't sleep. We do not sleep here at Blitz and no. Buckets. I've got, if you can see the Zoom right now, I've got a Red Bull in my hand, and it is almost one o'clock in the morning. So, and I have class tomorrow. But you know. It's the Blitz and Buckets podcast, first, always, first priority. We're coming out to you with it. So, with that, let's get into our week one recap. Football's back, man. Doesn't it feel so good? Oh, it makes me feel like it gives me the warm and fuzzies inside. I love it. But let's uh, – we're going to go over the games from Sunday. But we just had a game last night. Monday night football, and it was an exciting one. Raiders and Ravens, the Raiders walk away with an overtime win, 33-27, to 27, and what a game, man. Absolute, we were talking a little bit before the podcast, and there's only one word to describe it, absolute madness. Only I one mean, word, absolute madness. Uh-huh. <laughs> absolute was more of like an adjective. Only one mad, word, absolute. Uh, adjective. Uh, the adjective was absolute, and then madness was the word. So, just to clarify. But anyway, it was a it was a crazy game. That's what I'm trying to say. But biggest takeaways from that game: first off, check on your Ravens fans, guys. I mean, they basically lost twice last night. I mean, after uh, like what was it, Brian? Yeah, I almost said Gus Edwards. I've got Gus Bus on the brain, but. Is it? It's Brian Edwards, right? Or, yeah. yeah, Brian Edwards. He scored a basically a game-winning touchdown with before overtime. Correct? No, it was it was in overtime. So I have the timeline embedded in my brain. Um, so the Raiders score a touchdown with I believe Josh Jacobs to tie it up at twenty-four. Uh, then Lamar breaks off a big, I think it was like a 15 or 20 yard run to get them close enough where they could kick a field goal. They kick a field goal with about 40 seconds left. And then Derek Carr leads them on a two play. Some of the best passing I've seen perfect balls to Brian Edwards, both times in the middle of the field. But you know, um, when they kick a field goal with two seconds, to take it overtime Raiders win the toss. They get the ball. They move right down the field. They get this, like, crazy play where somehow Brian Edwards stays in bounds. Marlon Humphrey misses the tackle, and then he gets just about to the end zone, what seemed like the end zone. They call it a touchdown. Everybody, Everybody goes fucking nuts. The, like, they, that environment in Vegas. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, like, they come out on the field. They're, like, shaking hands as if the game is over. John Gruden, though, still on the sideline because he knows that that wasn't a touchdown. They rule it on the half-yard line. They try to punch it in with Derek Carr. They fail. Then they go up to the – 
They go up to the line and notoriously amazing <laughs> Alex Leatherwood gets a nice little false start penalty. And then Derek Carr throws it to Sneed. Irony. Love that. Off his hands. Hits Deshaun Elliott in the head. Like, <laughs> shoots straight up in the air. I'm just praying the ball drops to the ground, and it doesn't. Ravens pick it off. They get the third down. They get the ball, get the third down. Then Lamar gets stripped. Raiders get the ball back. John Gruden is an idiot, everyone. They, they somehow, like, it was second and nine. They get a delay of game because they couldn't get the kick. They couldn't get the special teams out there in time because why would they? And then, <laughs> you know, they get a miraculous touchdown to end the game where Marlon Humphrey just gives up, which was kind of disappointing because he just, like, as soon as that ball was thrown or as soon as, like, you could see Marlon Humphrey on TV, he stopped running. That's not what I, I mean, want for my third best corner in the league. I mean, the man was tired. Like, oh, my God. Else? I, but he is basically the leader of the defense now without Marcus Peters. And he was the leader I, of the defense before. Yeah, this is true. But – and I agree. Like, you would like to see better play out of Marlon Humphrey. But I thought – I mean, I was impressed. That – I haven't watched a lot of full-on Ravens games, and I don't think I really fully grasped how talented Marlon Humphrey was. Like, I mean, I knew I knew he was like right in line with Marcus Peters, like well, I, one of the best quarters in the league. I hear and, about it every twenty minutes, so I, <laughs> I, I, I get I get how good Marlon Humphrey is. Yeah, but I I watched the full game last night, and he was balling out, except for the that play in which you were referring, but. Other biggest takeaways from the game, when in doubt, throw it to Darren Waller, baby. Darren Waller, on he catches 10 balls out of 19 targets. My God. And he was strapped in the first half. I was playing against Darren Waller in our A-team league, and I was head-to-head against Liam, who had both Hollywood Brown and Darren Waller. And in the first half, I felt okay. Now, Marquise had the touchdown in the first half, and that was kind of – and I was going to bring it up later, but Lamar was making passes last night that I didn't know that he could make. Like, that, that, pass, to, that pass to Hollywood Brown was, was fairly impressive. I mean, that was a dot. That was a dot. Right, right into the chest, like on the run. Like, that was, that was a hell of a throw. So – Maybe maybe my respect for Lamar is starting to increase. So I it was really funny because last night I had been like defending Lamar all night. Like Lake kept trying to argue me about Kyler. And I just I will never get tired of the irony of me defending the superstar quarterback for my most hated team ever in all of sports. <laughs> but as so, I, I can't remember what happened. I think it was when the ball got like shot up in the air off the Sean Elliott's helmet. I was like, okay, the Lamar defense shield is down. Burn the city. Let's go. We're, <laughs> it's Raiders time, black and silver. Let's go. Burn, burn the city. Burn Lamar. Let's do it. And now burn Lamar. Burn, <laughs> burn Lamar. Let's do it. Jeez. I mean, no, I hats off to Lamar. I like, even though he lost last night, I, I was impressed. I was impressed. And I'm not 
impressed by Lamar Jackson a lot. Obviously, he has the running, but I mean, he's always had that. But as far as the throws go, I was pretty impressed. But anyway, despite being strapped, absolutely strapped in the first half, Waller broke out in the second half. He had probably like 50, 40, 40 yards in the first half, but he finishes with 105 yards and a touchdown in that game. And their car does not look for anybody except Darren Waller. He is the first read every single pass. Like Darren Waller, we were talking about it before the pod. He's going to be a problem if this is the game plan for the rest of the year, which it probably will be run the offense through 83. So also in this game, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Josh Jacobs, he definitely struggled with a little bit of something. Like I think he had a toe injury like yeah, yeah. last year and coming into this year and it was a turf I'm pretty sure it was turf toe and after like one of the first plays of the game Josh Jacobs goes to switch his shoes and I'm like hmm well they said he was like I well I don't think it was questionable but they were like he might not play tonight because that's that's why Liam sat him and played Hollywood was because there was talk of him not playing and it was because of the turf toe and then you know in to do with uh Kenyon Drake and all that stuff everybody was like okay well then this is it like Kenyon Drake's gonna play a lot tonight he's probably gonna earn that starting job and then they're gonna pretty like it's a joke to say they're gonna split carries but Jacobs was still going to probably get 60 to 70 percent of the carries for that team if Kenyon Drake started tonight and or last night and played well it probably would have been 50 50 for the rest of the year but if he didn't get in both of those times be looking very different for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, agreed. He finished with 10 carries, 34 yards, and two touchdowns. And the two touchdowns were very, obviously, by the 34 yards, they were very close to the end zone. He did have one impressive run late. Like, one of them was, like, purely a goal line carry. And then one of them was, like, actually an impressive run. I mean, he almost went untouched. But still, he was definitely struggling with something last night because he looked like he was hurting. But as far as running backs go on the other side of the coin last night, Tyson Williams is no joke, if I say so myself. One of your starts of the week, very impressed. Hats off. Respect. Respect. It's nothing really. You you had a feeling that the undrafted rookie was going to look pretty good, and he did. Nine carries, 65 yards, and touchdown. And what I was really impressed about is – he just looked like explosive last night. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Like he looked yeah. like just, he was making explosive playmaking. He, he was a playmaker last night. And yeah. I mean, it wasn't a spectacular stat line, but he looked really good. So, yeah. And I, I said, uh, I'm, I may not have said it on the podcast, but I've said it talking to other people that the Ravens don't need a like super prolific running back. You just need with Lamar Jackson. And then that system, as long as you're fresh, which you will be. And when you have Latavius Murray, and then they'll get bell who I've already, I've spoke my piece on him, but um, they just need somebody who's going to run hard, hit the hole quickly and just run hard, try and get those extra yards that other guys can't get. And that's what Tyson Williams is. I don't know if it's Tyson or Tyson. And I'm always going to say Tyson because that's just so much easier to say that Tyson. It's Tyson because, like, he has a little hype. Yeah, I know he's got the hype. But I just feel like an idiot saying Tyson. But Tyson's a lot cooler than Tyson. I just feel like Tyson is normal. Look at you pooping on your start of the week. Shame on you. For his name, come on. 
But in general, I just thought Tyson looked more explosive than Latavius Murray. And Latavius Murray has never been explosive back. Like, he won't be. He's a veteran, and he's never been that kind of explosive back. But I think he looked more impressive than Latavius last night. Latavius finished with 10 carries, 28 yards. I think Tyson might emerge as the top back in Baltimore. So keep an eye on that. Um, I already mentioned Lamar. 235 passing yards and touchdown, 12 carries, 86 yards, led the team in rushing. I was impressed by Lamar last night. And also an impressive Raiders defense. I mean, we did not expect a lot of – I mean, I picked I picked Vegas to win. Oh, I will up, say man. that. That was – I will say that. That was the but, biggest guess of the year. You had no idea. Hey, I had reasons why, bro. I had reasons why. Come on, man. What now, why? granted, on the record, I will say that I texted Jaden on Sunday and was like, I am feeling pretty shitty about my Vegas pick. But I wasn't like, that's not me changing the pick. I was just, if I were to change the pick, I would have told you. But I was just like, I'm feeling pretty shitty about it. You know? I feel that's- like you were just like, okay, this is one. I hate Lamar. You know what? Let's say that Vegas is going to beat them on opening night. That's what that <laughs> felt like to me. Because I thought that you had no rhyme or re- Like, obviously, the injuries are a thing. But without – I mean, with you at running back, the Ravens are still a far superior team to – and, I mean, you at well, corner. Well, obviously. I mean, obviously, you, with I, me at well, running back, they are well, yeah, of a far superior team. With you, with you playing both sides of the ball at corner and running back, they're still a better team than the Raiders. So, I feel like that, last was just, night. that was just Lamar slander. Yeah. Well, and that is because Max Crosby made Alejandro Villanueva look like a turnstile. (laughs) Max Crosby had a hell of a game last night. He finished with two sacks, two tackles for loss, and four quarterback hits. And you brought up a stat before the pod that I thought was interesting. Go ahead and uh, lay that one on us. Yeah, uh, Judon was – because I was talking to uh, Hayden last night and he said that judon finished top five last year with 22 quarterback hits and crosby had four last night that's uh pretty good this is this is obviously not chandler jones-esque of what he did and we'll get to that in a second but man like i i always used to make the and it's awful but i used to make the military jokes about villanueva like he's hearing ieds go off in his head (laughs) sees these top end pass rushers coming at him but when it's max crosby like Dude, he looked like he meant business. This man went to I, – I, if he can't do anything about Max Crosby, what is he going to do about the Taliban? I mean, and he's not, <laughs> not, not going to have a job in Baltimore much longer, so he's going to have no choice but to re-enlist. So, uh, no – former NFL player has no choice but to re-enlist at oh, yeah. the ripe I old mean, age of, like, 30 <laughs> – upper 30s that he is. <laughs> like, at 6'8", 300 – 40 pounds it's gonna be hard to find a job they're taking all of his money away after like all of it all the money he made with pittsburgh they're taking it away so yeah i guess he does have no choice you can't fit him in a cubicle so (laughs) this is true this is true but all right we've talked enough about this game let's move on to sunday's games and to lead us off we're just going to cover the uh we're going to talk in detail or greater detail than we would about the other games. We're going to talk in greater detail about 
the games that we highlighted uh, in our last episode. So start us off. Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Pittsburgh takes away the dub, 23-16. to 16. And the biggest takeaways from this game, and I'll let you have your piece, obviously, because you watched the entire game. But Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs disappoint in their debut, season debut. Uh, Josh Allen, 270 yards passing and a touchdown. No interceptions, which is good, I guess. But those are not Josh Allen numbers. And Stephon Diggs also put them on Stephon Diggs numbers with nine catches, 69 yards and no touchdowns. So pretty interesting there that, I mean, it is the Steelers defense. Give them credit. Give them credit. Also, another takeaway from this game. What the hell happened with Najee Harris? What the hell? He is on, <laughs> as I say that, Jaden, he's wearing his Najee Harris jersey. He picks it up and he reps it. And there's no reason to because Najee finished with 16 carries and 45 yards. Very, very underwhelming. Despite being on the field for every offensive snap, he was very underwhelming. And he just couldn't find the holes. And I don't like, I'll let you take it away. Will you, tell me what's wrong with Najee, dude. I have him. In our league, I just got – I was super excited that I pulled him off of you, and now I'm not. Is there anything that you can say to help me ease my concerns? Um, well, this is our year. Uh, feels like a Super Bowl is coming. Um, doesn't really matter what Najee Harris does, but it, we're going to win it all this year. Doesn't matter what Najee Harris does. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but he'll be fine. I don't really know the statistics as far as like first games for rookie running backs go, but I feel like they're not good just because you now have to evade NFL defenders. Last year, the only game that he went off in was his first game as a rookie running back. Well, I'd much rather have have Najee Harris go off for the other 15 games of the season, 16 now. Um, But is that going to happen? Oh, for sure. No. Um, (laughs) I don't know. So, like, obviously, and this this will happen with anybody. I mean, if your team drafts a position, like a skill position, like a running back or wide receiver or quarterback, you're obviously going to be super excited about that, especially in the first round. You're going to be super excited about that player. And I was. That doesn't mean that I didn't have quiet criticisms that I didn't want to say out loud because I did. I, you know, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy. He's somewhere in between. Like, he's not Derrick Henry size. And he's not super fast. He's, he's very big elusive. Fella. He, I'm no, he's like, I'm pretty sure he's like, I think he's like 15 pounds less than Derrick Henry. Like he is, he he's big, but he's not like straight up physically imposing, all muscle big like Derrick Henry is. And Agreed. one of his main draws in college, at least as far as with the ball in his hands goes, was that he was super elusive for his size and you know while it may not be with speed he can be elusive just with his moves and stuff and being able to evade college defenders is much different than being able to evade nfl defenders and when you don't have the speed to once you get your juke or your whatever move off if you don't have the speed to get away from those guys they're going to get you because they're not going to dive the other way like so guys would in college not saying that he was facing chumps because he was in the sec but it's, it's just different. And he doesn't have one like super, super elite trait. And I'm not saying that he's going to be awful. I still think that he has a very promising career for the next three years because that's 
you know, kind of the state of the running back position. But he can still catch passes. I know he didn't on Sunday, but he'll be fine. I mean, when he plays every single offensive snap, there's going to be volume for him. If you're worried about him fantasy-wise, I get the line concerns, but there are line concerns for a lot of other running backs in the league that aren't talked about, like Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, Saquon, it's talked about somewhat, but that's just because everyone loves to slander Saquon. Three of those guys had great week ones, too. I know. And they might have horrible week twos. Right. Again, this is week one. Week one is the biggest liar in all of sports. Agreed. Agreed. And fine. Yeah. As far as fantasy goes, just a general statement. Do not be looking to sell the farm after week one. Like unless ever. you have Najee Harris in a league in which I don't have Najee Harris, then sell the farm. Hmm. I wonder off. who that's directed at. I wonder. Hmm. Yeah, both ponder, ponder. don't have Najee Harris. You conveniently have Najee Harris. No, Jesus. Not even, not, one of your not only on Sunday. one of your only non-cowboys in that one league. This is must true. Be really, must be really special to you. It's a special this is place true. in your heart. Both Zeke who was my number one, and Najee both put up a ripe five points. Jeez. Five, both right. of them put up exactly 5.9. I thought that was funny. I didn't think it was funny. but I did. Anyway, Pittsburgh walks away with the dub. 23-16. to 16. Very impressive for Pittsburgh. Love to see it. Let's hop into our next game. Quick recap. Arizona. Against Tennessee, I mean, damn, was I wrong about this one. I really thought that Tennessee was going to come out and smack Arizona in the mouth. I think those were pretty much my exact words. I said that Tennessee was going to emerge themselves as a Super Bowl contender in this game, and damn, was I wrong. Jeez, but you were not. You picked Arizona in this game, so very well done. Very well done. Biggest takeaways from this game, Kyler Murray looks great. He finished with 289 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. And he also finished with a rushing touchdown. I mean, we talked a little bit about a Kyler MVP campaign, possibly. Or I wasn't on the episode, but you and Lake and Mitchell talked about it pretty extensively. And, I mean, if he keeps playing like this, I don't know. Who knows? But also, takeaway in this game. DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk both finished with two touchdowns and obviously Hopkins had the more impressive, more impressive season debut out of the two, just because DeAndre Hopkins is DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't like to say that Christian Kirk played better than DeAndre Hopkins and he didn't anyway, but anyway, he finished with six catches and 83 yards and two touchdowns. Christian Kirk finished with five catches and 70 yards and each one more. Not each one more. Nope. That's nope. the first good basketball reference you've mm. ever had, and it was a complete accident. <laughs> I watched Not you either. sit there and say Lonzo Ball when talking about LaMelo Ball for three minutes straight, and you say each one more in the middle of a football episode. I know. What ah. a deep name, too. Damn it. What a deep name. <laughs> okay. Rondell Moore finished with four catches and 68 yards, and I mentioned before – Rondell Moore has a lot of potential. They really liked him in camp. So I think eventually he will overtake Christian Kirk. Nobody likes Christian Kirk. It's Kirk Christian Kirk. He's not good. But Kyler Murray sure does look for him. Also in this game, 
one of the big headliners of this game was the five sacks for Chandler Jones. I mean, we mentioned it earlier. He totally smoked Taylor. It's Taylor Lewan, right? That's how you say it. Yeah. It's a weird last name. So pronunciation might get mixed, but anyway, Taylor Lewan came out and tweeted after the game. He was like, I got my ass kicked. And he went on and on about like how I need to be better. And damn right, dude, five sacks to Chandler Jones. Now, I don't think I could defend Chandler Jones, so I can't talk much. And Chandler Jones is a pretty uh, scary fella. Taylor Lewan's good, though. Like, he's a good left hat. He's probably their best offensive lineman. Yeah. No, startling for Derrick Henry and his fantasy owners. Right. And he's one of, he's a really big locker room guy for them, too. Like, giving them huge energy. I mean, you see him, he was the one wearing the dog mask for it. Like, he, he threw on a dog mask at some point like he he helps with the energy of that team and for a guy like that to get smoked on Sunday pretty sad to see but also wanted to mention what the hell happened to Tennessee I mean I already talked about this but Derrick Henry finished with 17 carries and only 58 yards stinker AJ Brown and Julio Jones combined for only seven catches and 78 yards no tutties dude do you think there's cause for – I'm not concerned about A.J. Brown, but – A.J. Brown had a touchdown, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So, I just said zero touchdowns. He did have a touchdown. But they only combined for seven, seven catches and 78 yards, which is not what you're looking for for one of the most anticipated wide receiver tandems in the league. But I'm not concerned about A.J. Brown, but I am concerned about Julio. I do have him in a 12-team league. What are your thoughts, man? Obviously, that day, it just – and, again, it's week one, and this is like an extreme example of week one where the Cardinals' pass rush, who was good, looked like completely impenetrable. The run game – the run defense, which is not anything to be excited over, looks completely impenetrable. I'm not taking this game as like a, well, I'm betting on the Titans to be last in that division now. Um, but it's definitely scary. Because this is this is not a team that prides themselves on defense, and they doubled down on offense this offseason, adding Julio. Not, I mean, they added Bud Dupree, and they made some improvements in some areas. But this is a team that's going to win their games by scoring a lot of points by using Derrick Henry to create open opportunities for AJ Brown and Julio Jones, who are two of the most talented receivers in the league. With Tannehill, who is a very capable quarterback. This is not good. This is startling. Like, yeah. Uh, now, granted, I did say that AJ Brown would be the primary receiver of Julio. Pretty significant. Like, I mean, I stated that. Like, I thought it was going to be pretty clear that AJ Brown was the number one, and we saw that on Sunday. I mean, Julio definitely took a back seat. So I was right in that respect, but I didn't think I was going to be that right. Like, jeez, Julio was a stinker, but. And Tannehill also sucked 212 yards, touchdown and interception, nothing special. So Tennessee, they need to figure out what the hell they're doing. And right now, because coming into the season, high hopes and to get absolutely slaughtered by Arizona like that in week one is rough. So, and let's move on to our next game. And that is the game of my Washington football team. They end up losing to the Chargers. Thanks. I needed that after all the 
all the fun news that Washington football team fans have received in the past few days, ever since the game. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> Makes me feel so good. Oh, okay. <laughs> they lose to the Chargers 20 to 16, which isn't a blowout, but we let's let's dive into it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he plays a mediocre first quarter, but it's the first quarter of week one. Like, I'm not, like, overreacting, but it doesn't matter because he injured his hip on the play in, at the start of the second quarter, and apparently Mitchell was explaining it to me because apparently he's, like, Mr. Mr. Sports Injury, but he dislocated his hip, and then, like, it, like, doing that, and then it popped back into place, but, like, doing that kind of, like, messes with, like, how the bones rub together and, like, it creates a lot of like scar tissue there. So needless to say, Ryan Fitzpatrick got pretty messed up on that play. And a couple of days ago, I mean, was it on Monday? Yeah, it was on Monday. They placed him on IR. He's out six to eight weeks, which is terrible. I cannot explain my frustration and sadness, but let's dive into some of the other stuff. Uh, it's like, a, like I'm so sad talking about this. This sucks. Why? This was supposed to be our year, and now the and now the Eagles are going to win the division. Oh, Let's I'm sorry. I need to get others, that out. No, oh, this is terrible. Like, why does this happen to us? Why? Why? We haven't had a good quarterback in Washington since literally ten years ago. Joe Theismann. Basically, I mean, I, even if you want to call it, do you want to count RG3 as a good quarterback? Because he played a great first year, and then we never saw him again. He had like a Taylor Heineke one game over 16 games. And then it, RG3? I, I'm joking. I, I loved RG3. I, I was I, like, what? They were like, they were like my second. They were like what the Packers are to me now. They were like my second favorite team for that season because I loved him and Alfred Morris and that whole thing. But it obviously never materialized. Shout out to Mike Shanahan for that one. All right. No more. I can't. Like, it's literally, it hurts me. Like, I can't believe, I can't believe the words that are coming out of my mouth. When I say that the guy we are paying one year, $10 million to just to play quarterback for this single year at which we have a shot to win the division, he is out for half of it. We should take away $5 million from him because that's cheating. He stole. It's highway robbery. And I'm tired. I'm sick of it. I hate being. Are we putting it past Dan Snyder to ask him for the $5 million back? Is that out of the question? Nope. Of course not. Of course not. And I tweeted the other day. I mean, did you see the scene of FedEx when uh, <laughs> the sewage started uh, started busting out of the in front of a bunch and pouring onto a bunch of fans? Like, first of all, FedEx is a fucking joke. That is a fucking joke of a stadium. I've been there like two or three times and I never want to go back. I'm not going to go back until they rebuild the stadium somewhere else besides Landover, which isn't even in the same state as Washington, D.C. Like, it's – why Landover? Nobody's heard of it. Like, why is our stadium there in the first place? And it's a piece of trash of a stadium, too. Let me tell you, there's not one thing special. And it is literally trash. It's dirty. 
And nobody, I don't understand why you would want to go to a game there. I am surprised Mitchell came back alive. But anyway, sewage started pouring on the fans at the game. So that I'll tell you enough. I tweeted the other day, if we were to do two things, we need to, one, blow up the entire city of Landover. And that would encompass FedEx. Like, I don't give a shit, man. I don't. Like, get rid of FedEx. Uh, like, FedEx needs to go. Go. Get, like, nobody wants to go to that sorry, trash-ass stadium and watch a game. Second, we need to send Dan Snyder on a plane to the sun. It, it, like, literally into the sun. Put him on a Bezos space flight and have him go directly into the face of the sun. And then maybe we wouldn't be a dysfunctional franchise, but don't put anything past the Washington football team. I'm sorry. All right. I needed to get that out. Okay. I'm glad you got it out here. Yeah. I I honestly hadn't rant. I hadn't rant ranted like that since the game. So felt pretty good getting that off my chest. Anyway, Justin Herbert. <laughs> Justin Herbert shine. Great. Yeah, he was really, really good against us. I mean, I picked Justin Herbert as my sit of the week because I thought, you know. Which wasn't even that bad of a pick because he, fantasy-wise, did not do very well at all. But he played yeah. very well. Yeah. He played very well enough to beat us. I, he had 337 yards and a touchdown, zero interceptions. And in the fourth quarter especially, like, we can't do anything. We can't. Like, he was throwing dots, like absolute dots, like perfect balls, perfect spiral. Like, it was in the perfect location. Like, we can't defend perfect passes. No no team. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that can't do it. Like, I was just sitting. I was watching the final drive, and I was like, we shrug my shoulders, dude. Can't We can't do anything about that. But after that game, I will say, I think Justin Herbert's going to be on another level this year. Like, I think he might even finish better than last year, which would be hard to do. But I think he might, like, after I watched the whole game of Justin Herbert, that man is impressive. But also in this game, Chargers O-line proved that they are legit. Um, I had some questions coming into the game because they're a brand-new offensive line. It's going to take some time for them to work together. But they definitely showed up and – proved me wrong in this game there was only two sacks for the Washington football team and their defensive line which is an elite defensive line and Rashawn Slater their first round pick didn't allow anything to Chase Young Chase Young finished with three tackles two of them were combined he finished with only one solo tackle and zero sacks I mean Rashawn Slater is the real deal so good for the Chargers yay woo yeah all right let's move on I feel like in we the didn't fourth spend enough time on that one. I feel like we there's definitely way more to talk about with Dan Snyder and his uh you know everything oh, yeah. going on inside of that organization. I want to cry talking about this. I can't that's why I want to move on. I can't like it makes me want to cry. But <laughs> like, seriously. But okay, let's hop into the 430 window, recap some of those games. Kansas City beats Cleveland 33-29. to We both had Kansas City winning that game, but it was a lot closer than we thought. Biggest takeaways from this game, I mean, the lack of weapons in Cleveland was a problem on the receiving side, especially surprisingly, no BJ in this game. 
which there were, I mean, there were like official reports that he was going to play in this game. Yeah, it was and, a surprise scratch. Yeah, it was definitely a surprise scratch, but apparently it was up to OBJ. He didn't feel ready, so okay. But the weapons behind him are David Njoku, Jarvis Landry, and Anthony Schwartz. And they all led the team in receiving, which is cool. But they need OBJ to come back to be like Super Bowl level Cleveland Browns. So Baker looked good, not great. Finished with 321 yards and an interception, but he looked good. He looked good. Another big takeaway, Patty's going to be Patty. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the man did exactly what we thought he was going to do. He finished with 337 yards and three touchdowns. Tyreek showed up, went for 11 catches, almost 200 yards and a touchdown. Also played against Tyreek Hill in fantasy. So, yippee. (laughs) And Travis Kelsey finished with six catches, 76 yards and two touchdowns. So, that Chiefs offense is rolling in once again a Super Bowl – seeking season they're rolling so i also want to mention that uh jadavion Clowney and miles garrett on the edges they look great like they didn't as far as stats goes like they didn't put up a lot but i thought the pressure that they were getting like they just look awesome on either side of the defensive line like oh those two didn't mention this and because we're now now shining on the Browns, the Steelers must outshine them. Melvin Ingram was fantastic on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Had eight QB pressures. Had TJ Watt also had eight QB pressures. Cam Hayward had 12 QB pressures. Cam Hayward was the highest PFF graded interior defensive lineman. And to my surprise mm-hmm. and my great, great joy, Joe Hayden was the highest graded defensive back of week one. What? What? Don't sleep on Joe Hayden. What is happening? I've always loved Joe Hayden. Just wanted to throw. I I loved him too, but God, I don't want him to be our first corner by like a long shot. Like it's not even (laughs) close to our second corner, but that's all I wanted to say. Melvin Ingram is great. (sighs) And I had to not let the Browns have a good moment. Fair enough. If you keep uh, talking up your team, I am going to jump out of the window of my apartment. So okay. <laughs> okay. That's that's a good podcast host who just accepts that. <laughs> but all right, let's get into the last game that we had highlighted and the last game of the 430 window. Uh Saints Packers, which ended up what being a blowout. I know what the hell. The Saints win 38 to 3. My God. Biggest takeaways from this game. The last dance campaign for uh, Devontae Adams and A-Rod did not start as planned, I imagine. A-Rod finished with 133 yards and two picks, no touchdowns. And Devontae Adams only had five catches and 56 yards. Like, geez, just dismal on the on the Green Bay side. Green Bay rushing also non-existent. And I think a lot of that, granted, was because of game stripped. Like, they were down heavy. So Aaron Rodgers is going to have to throw it a lot. But – Still, only to throw 133 yards. Like, ugh. anyway, um, they were non-existent in the rushing game. Uh, carries were almost split between three guys, which I thought was pretty interesting. AJ Dillon with finished with four carries, Aaron Jones with five, and this kid Kylan Hill finished with five carries. Which I guess they were just looking for something to pop, you know. 
do something. Yeah, I, I think he got a lot of those carries fourth quarter. The game's already lost. You're not going right. to throw Aaron Jones out there in week one. Right. Understood. Um, another, I mean, probably the most major takeaway from this game was I was wrong about Jabu. I'll come out and say it right now. I mean, maybe not for the season, but I was wrong about him in this game, certainly. He finished with 148 yards and five tutties, man. This LASIK eye surgery is no joke, I guess. Jeez. And to do that with the weapons that New Orleans has, I mean, sheesh. Very impressive from Jabu. So, also want to mention, very interesting that I called this. Kamara was not involved in the passing game at all. And that is why everyone loves Kamara so much in fantasy. I want, I think I remember saying something like this. Kamara finished with 20 carries and 83 yards, which is great. Great for a running back. But Kamara's not just a running back. He's supposed to be a wide receiver, too. That was, that's what makes him go so great. But on the receiving side, he only had three catches on four targets, eight yards. He did have a touchdown, but... I mean, we're used to Kamara putting up almost 100 yards receiving in some games. So, I mean, I told you guys. I told you very early he on. Was, he was one point shy of Dalvin Cook, who is your pride and joy at running back. Just hey. throwing that out there. Hey. In a game where he wasn't involved in the passing game, he still finishes one shy of Dalvin Cook. The Vikings were playing in a close game. You're not going to – he wasn't even passing it to Kamara in a blowout. Like, what? Kamara probably didn't play a whole lot once it became a blowout. I'm just saying, man. I mean, you could keep hyping Kamara up. But I'm not hyping Kamara up. I just think that – Sounds like you're hyping Kamara up, man. I think some of the slander is unfair. I, I shared the same opinion with you. I just wanted to throw facts out there for you to continue to bash this man. And it's week one. Like, you can't overreact about week one. I get it. But still, nice little tidbit of information there. All right, let's rapid fire the rest of the games. Uh, Eagles win 32-6 to against the Falcons. Jalen Hurts looks legit with three touchdowns. Um, bagels walk away. Bagels. <laughs> bagels walk away in a close one. 27 to 24 against the Vikings. They win in overtime with a game-winning field goal. Also, Joe Mixon had a great game. I have him in one of my leagues. So, Joe Mixon fans can finally uh, take a sigh of relief after last year. <laughs> um, 49ers, Lions, 49ers walk away with the win, 41 to 33. And as we were talking about, 49ers take advantage of a terrible defense. Also wanted to mention – Raheem Moster got finished after like or got injured after like two carries. And as of today, he is out for the year. Also have him in our 18 league. So sadness. No. Yeah. Uh the Lions almost did come back and win that game. I believe it was 38 to 10 at one point. And the Lions came all the way back and Jared Goff had the ball with 40 seconds left. But obviously it wasn't enough. Jared DeAndre Ball. Swift and Jamal Williams both finish in the top five for running backs in week one. Yeah. Interact. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of that's a lot of it came from the receiving work too. So, and as we expected, Jared Goff isn't throwing to his receivers if he even has any. So Seahawks Colts Seahawks walk away with the win 28 to 16 Russell cooks with four touchdowns and 
Wentz was all right. Finished with 250 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. So pretty efficient. Panthers win 19 to 14 against the Jets. Sam Darnold wins his revenge game. The Texans walk away with a win 37 to 21 against the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence struggles as in, it struggles in his debut as a Jacksonville Jaguar, takes his first loss ever in high school, college, professional, and he had three picks. So welcome to the NFL, Trevor Lawrence. Dolphins walk away with a win against the Patriots, 7-16. Mac Jones was impressive in his debut, almost 300-yard passing and a touchdown. Broncos walk away with a win against the Giants, 27-13. Saquon, as I mentioned in our last pod, sees only 10 carries, but Sterling Shepard shines with over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. Jerry Judy also placed on IR after a high ankle sprain in this game. Rams, finally, Sunday Night Football. Rams win 34 to 14 as we, we didn't even pick it as a highlight game because we knew it was going to be trash. Stafford dominates, though. Love to see Stafford doing well. 321 yards and three tutties. And Dalton struggles with no passing touchdowns and an interception. So with that, let's get into the week, pre- week two preview. Let's do it. And we've got four highlight games this week. And let's start it off with Buffalo at Miami in the one o'clock window. Things to watch in this game. Xavier Howard versus Stephon Diggs. Do you think they'll be matched up against each other the entire game? Uh, I don't know, because I feel like they're going to probably mix in a little bit. Because Byron Jones is still a very good corner. Oh, yeah. I don't know. He's probably not on the level of Xavier Howard, but he's you know very adequate. I think they'll kind of mix it around a little bit. Gotcha. Brian, Flor- yeah. Brian Flores likes to, you know, he doesn't run the same defense all game as most defensive coaches don't. Right. Right. But whoever you're being guarded by Byron Jones, saving Howard, it's a tough matchup, tough matchup for a receiver. So it's, it'll be interesting to see whether or not uh, Stefan Diggs can bounce back into last year's form in this game. It'll be tough for him though. And as I've been already talking about, it's another tough matchup for the Bills as far as defensively goes. They played Pittsburgh, very sound defensive team, and they're going up against Miami, whose strength is the defense. So it'll be interesting to watch if, and see if the Bills can bounce back against yet another good defense. Also a thing to watch in this game, can Tua keep up with the Buffalo offense? I mean, if the Buffalo offense gets going, I don't think Tua is going to have the ability uh, – I mean, he's – he showed already last year and even in the last game that, I mean, he's never been a guy that's going to throw for three touchdowns, 300 yards. So if it comes to that, it'll be interesting to see what Tua does. Um, and on the rushing, it was pretty much non-existent for Miami last week against the Patriots. Miles Gaskin finished with less than 50 yards and Malcolm Brown finished with less than 20 yards. So it's going to have to be Tua and he's going to have to throw the ball. So it'll be interesting to see. The spread for this game, Buffalo is favored by minus three and a half. The money line, Buffalo minus 180, Miami plus 155. And let's go with our picks for this game. I'll go first. I'm taking Buffalo on the spread in the money line. What you got? Uh, nothing can make me like Miami this year. Give me Buffalo plus three and a half. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to that's basically the only interesting game in the one o'clock window, which kind of sucks. But yeah, I was I was looking at the uh week two slate and it's it's not good. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's not like so solid. I, I'm not even 100% sure that, like, especially with what we were, you know, some of the games that we had last week, I wasn't, I'm not 100% sure Buffalo and Miami would have even made it right last week. I agree. I agree. Um, let's hop into the 425 window, and we've got Dallas at the Chargers, which is a pretty good game. Um, thanks for watching this game. Is the Dallas defense legit? Because honestly, even though they allowed a significant amount of points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they did look pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, they looked a lot better than they did last year. And yeah. it's Tom Brady, so, like, I mean, he's going he's gonna to put up his points against you. But they'll have a chance to prove whether or not they are legit against a hot Justin Herbert. And after the Washington football team couldn't deal with him, I mean, good luck, Dallas. It'll also be interesting to see whether or not Z can have a good game with his all-star guard, Mr. Zach Martin, finally back after coming off the COVID list. Zeke finished with 11 carries, 33 yards against Tampa Bay. We already talked about it. Very underwhelming. So, um, also, it'll be interesting to watch in this game. Who's going to emerge as Dallas's number one receiver? I mean, we've talked about it a little bit before. Um, CD and Amari both finished with 100 plus yards against Tampa Bay and Michael Gallup or yeah, Michael Gallup is on the IR. So somebody's going to have to step up. I think honestly, both in fantasy, especially will be very useful. I think they'll continue to do more of the same CD and Amari. Um, Dak is going to be throwing a lot just as he did when he was in the first five games of the season last year. So He's going to throw it a lot. I think both guys will be serviceable, but it'll be interesting to see uh, who steps above the other. Um, the spread for this game, Chargers are favored by three, so it's Chargers minus three. As far as the money line goes, it's Dallas plus 140, Chargers minus 160. And let's go ahead and get into our picks. I'm taking the Chargers on the spread and the money line. What you got? Yeah, so am I. Uh, yeah, yeah, so am I. Sweet. Um, let's hop into the next intriguing 430 game, and that is Tennessee at Seattle. And things to watch in this game, who's going to step up in Tennessee, on offense especially? I mean, Henry, Julio, and A.J. all underperformed versus Arizona, not to mention Ryan Tannehill. So if they want to be a Super Bowl contender, these guys are going to have to start performing. So who's going to have a good game on Sunday? Also, will this be another Tyler Lockett game? I know it's hard to predict Tyler Lockett games, but he did have a really impressive Sunday against Indianapolis. Four catches, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. DK finished with four catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I think we'll see more of that on Sunday against a sorry Tennessee defense, as proved by Mr. Kyler Murray. Um, yeah. Spread for this game, Seattle, minus five and a half. Money line for this game is Tennessee plus 205, Seattle minus 250. And let's get into the picks. I'm taking Seattle on the spread and the money line. What you got? So am I. We're, we're weirdly similar this week. I, I think it's, we it's might just the games aren't that great. So that, way, so that way we don't scream at each other all weekend. Pick two and then, you know, who's got what games and everything. It was fun, though. Yeah, it was fun. We need to uh, – I mean, everybody can go look at the Instagram, but it was pretty close as far as, like, the starts kids go and the picks go. I mean, we were pretty 
we were pretty head to head and we had some differing picks. So, but we almost, I don't know who ended up winning, but I mean, we both had our wins and losses. So finally, this will be a hell of a game. Sunday night football, Kansas city at Baltimore. I'm excited for this one. Thanks for watching this game. Can the Baltimore defense step up? They played pretty good defense in the first half against a guy, Darren Waller, on the oh, oh, I was about to say Oakland Raiders. I still do that with San, San Diego, by the way. San Diego Chargers, Oakland Raiders. I still say that all the time. Like I, I Washington grew up, Redskins. Like it's like, oh, that's funny. That's hilarious. Thanks. <laughs> You're just an evil human being. All right. So things to watch in this game. Can the Baltimore defense step up after playing a hell of a game against in the first half, at least against Darren Waller? Um, They played really good defense against him, but they have no Marcus Peters there. So somebody has to cover Tyreek and somebody has to cover Travis Kelsey. So who's going to do what? It'll be interesting to see. But Marlon Humphrey will probably like I. What do you think the matchup for Marlon Humphrey is going to look like? I mean, I think they'll just throw him all over the field, I guess. I mean, they don't have an elite speed guy. So they don't have anybody to guard Tyreek. I mean, nobody can guard Tyreek one-on-one. They don't have anybody that can at least, like, watch him. They don't have anybody for that. So do you just try and neutralize Kelsey and just let Tyreek Hill just bomb you all game? Right. I don't think you do because – I mean, Tyreek Hill has proved time and time again that that is a bad, bad thing to go with. But, I mean, you got to pick your poison. Like, who who are you going to go with? So, that'll be interesting to see. Um, also, thanks for watching this game. Who's going to emerge as the Ravens lead back? It's going to be, right now, it's Tyson Williams versus Latavius Murray. Who's going to step up? And will we see work out of Devontae Freeman or Le'Veon Bell in this game? I know they haven't been promoted from they haven't been promoted from the practice squad yet, correct? Not that I know of now. Yeah. So maybe they'll see some work. Maybe they'll get called up at the end of the week. We'll see. Also, things to watch in this game, or the final thing to watch in this game is will Sammy Watkins to continue to see this level of work? I mean, he only had four catches, but he had 96 yards against Vegas. So I feel like if Sammy keeps getting – you know what? I have a point that – I'll get into this later. I have a point on this. but Sammy Watkins revenge game. Yeah, this is true as well. I've always been a huge Sammy fan too, ever since he was at Clemson. I mean, he was in the same category as like DeAndre Hopkins at Clemson. Like obviously Taj not – Boyd teams. Yeah, those Taj Boyd teams, exactly. I love Taj Boyd too. The spread for this game, Kansas City minus three and a half. Money line, Kansas City minus 200, which I thought was interesting. I thought it'd be a little more than minus 200. So if I'm if I'm a betting man, I'm definitely slamming Kansas City minus 200 because you, you're still making money off that. Um, Baltimore plus 70 on the money line. And for my pick, I'm taking Kansas City on the spread in the money line. What you got? I am also, believe it or not, taking Kansas City in this one. I just nice. don't think I just don't think the Ravens have enough right now. Like we just mentioned, you got to pick one of them, and Marlon Humphrey has to guard one of them, and the other one's going to destroy you. This is true, dude. We are uh, we are in unison. It's going to be interesting not to argue all weekend. 
All right, let's get into the uh, less notable games this week. And as we mentioned, it's kind of a stinker of a slate this week. Um, on Thursday night football, Giants at the Washington football team at the glorious FedEx field, which I was just praising about, you know, believe, believe it or not. But uh, what are you, who are you taking in that game? Uh Part of me wants to take the Giants, but I'm going to go with my head and go watch the football team. Yeah. Uh, honestly, part of me wanted to go to the Giants too, but I'm going to go watch the football team. It's going to be a low-scoring game. The defense will keep us in it. Um, bagels at the Bears. Bagels again. You Ah, oh, jeez. Bangles, really? the Tiger. Bangles, orange stripes. Bangles. Yes. Okay. Now that I have the image of a bagel out of my head, now I can say it correctly. Bengals at Bears. Who you got? Uh, I'm slamming the Bengals in this game. I really like them. Uh, until Justin Fields plays for Chicago, I just can't predict good things yeah. happening to them. 100% agree with you. I'm taking Bengals as well. Texans at the Browns. Must May I even answer this question? Do I? It's I know. Houston. We're slamming. Well, yeah, no. yeah, we're slamming uh, the Texans. <laughs> uh, yeah, gave me Cleveland. No, yep. no doubt. Give me Cleveland as well by 100. Um, Patriots at the Jets. I'm going to New England here. So there we go. There we have it. We'll have something to argue about this weekend. Are you nice. happy? Yeah, a little, a little tiny game to argue about. I'm taking the Jets on this one. I mean, the Jets are at home, and uh, they look pretty good in the debut, I thought. So even though they lost, I thought they looked pretty good. And the Patriots Great. won against a better team. Yeah. Or no, they, they did lose, but it was on a final drive type situation. Also, Corey Davis, sneaky pickup in fantasy if he's not picked up already. He is a sneaky target. I looked to I get mean, him in drafts. Because... I, feel like, I feel like in most leagues, especially like eight-team leagues, Corey Davis is probably picked up. So he's definitely yeah. in 10 to 12s. But yeah. if you can grab Corey Corey Davis for cheap. I don't know how cheap he's going to be after scoring 25 points in week one, but him and Zach Wilson have seemed to build a pretty good rapport over the offseason. I don't know why. I just had a feeling like they would like hit it off. Um, like with no knowledge of either one of their characters at all. I just thought that they would be like a perfect pairing together. And so far that's right. So follow the money too. Got paid yeah. in the offseason, and he's getting his targets, believe it or not. Um, 49ers at Eagles. Who you got? Uh, give me the Niners. Uh, yeah. Eagles were impressive against Atlanta, but I feel like that was Atlanta just sucking and not having yep. a good defense. I totally agree. And not being able to score. I think the Falcons might be one of the, the worst team in the NFL this year after their week one performance. Against the Eagles, do at home, too. Like, oh my lord. And this is gonna be at the this is gonna be at the link, but still I'm taking Niners as well. Um Raiders at Steelers. Uh give me Pittsburgh. I'm kind of slamming this because I believe it was Steelers minus five and a half. It's actually not bad for a team that got really hot last week. And they do this every year. They almost beat Kansas City or might have beat Kansas City last year. Can't remember. Um but they, they're known for these weird upsets, and then they'll just be awful. This team is awful defensively, which will, and our defense is going to put enough pressure on Derek Carr to keep us in it, and our offense should be able to score points against that defense. 
Yep. Give me the Steelers too. Saints or Panthers? Uh, it's really hard to not take the Saints. I know. Last That's week. what I'm saying. I would have picked the Panthers last week if this were the matchup in week one. But yeah. on a sneaky pick. But, I mean, I guess Sean Payton just is a good NFL coach. Who would have known? <laughs> Broncos or Jaguars? Uh, give me Denver, Jacksonville. Really startling. Also, there's I don't I I didn't believe it when I saw it because it just seems like the joke. But they were like uh, Urban Meyer considering retiring just because his heart's not in it. And <laughs> I find it hard to believe, but at the same time, I don't. Yeah, because no. he's just gonna pull out the old heart conditions thing. Right. I don't know why you would leave. Like, dude, you waited. Like, this is it. Because he's not getting a job in college anymore. I don't, I don't know, man. Somebody will hire Urban Meyer. USC's yeah. job just opened up. USC? They were talking gotcha. about, uh, not to get too off topic, but they were talking about uh, Eric B. Enemy looking at that job, and he talked to some of the people that he's close with and said that that would be one of the only jobs that he'd leave for. Interesting. So. Interesting. Yep, give me uh, give me the Broncos as well in that game. Vikings, Cardinals. Uh, give me the Cardinals. Can't deny yep. what they did last week. Totally agree. Falcons at the Bucks. Dude, this is this week. Is I know. Awful. I know. This is awful. Terrible. Give me, give me Tampa Bay, and then this next one is even worse. Well, after last week, it might be a close game. Well. Yeah. Who knows? But I mean, that Saints defense was really impressive. But it's Lions Packers on Monday Night Football at Lambeau. Give me Green Bay. Also, I would just say slam Aaron Rodgers in fantasy or daily fantasy just because he is angry and he is playing Detroit, who just lost their definitively their most talented corner in Jeff Okuda mm-hmm. for with a torn Achilles. He is going to be ready to tear the Lions apart. Yeah, and he always has torn the Lions apart. And the Lions defense was already sorry. And to lose Jeff Okuda, I mean, terrible. So, all right, let's hop into our final segment of the episode. And that is going to be a weekly segment from now on. And it starts and sits. Let's do it. Let's hop in. At quarterback. I'll go ahead first with my start, and then you can go ahead with your start. Then I'll go with my sit, and you go with your sit, and we'll proceed as proceed smoothly. I don't know. Anyway, quarterback start this week. Give me Mr. Tom Brady. He shined in his season debut. He looked great, almost 400 yards, four touchdowns. He did have two picks, but those picks, I could argue, were not his fault. He also plays Atlanta this week which is a great matchup. They allowed the most passing yards by any defense in the league last year. And in week one against arguably coming into this year, one of the worst ranked quarterbacks, like definitely bottom, bottom 10, bottom eight, even like there's arguments to say coming into this year. I had him as bottom four. Yeah. I mean, coming into this year, there was arguments that he might even be the worst quarterback in the league. But obviously, anyway. obviously not fantasy wise, but as a yeah, because as of a the quarterback as a player, yeah, right. But against Jalen Hurts on the Eagles, 
he dropped 264 yards and three touchdowns as not a great quarterback. So imagine what Tom Brady's going to do that Atlanta defense. So who you got for your quarterback start? Uh, I just said it. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he is probably pissed with, you know, considering I think he finished with five interceptions last year and he had two in like back-to-back drives last week. Um, and this is an awful Detroit secondary, awful Detroit defense, awful Detroit team, awful city. <laughs> um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers will be out for blood. And if he isn't, then press the panic button yeah. on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. First, he needs to cut his hair. He looks like a homeless person right now. Yeah, it, It's messing with his mojo. It's it's flowing out of – he doesn't have the kind of hair that can flow out of the back of the helmet. Like he – and look good. You know what I mean? Like it's got a curl there or it's got to look like luscious and it just looks homeless. So he needs to, he needs to cut that, clean it up. It doesn't look luscious. It looks homeless. It does. It does. That's the first word that came to mind when I saw him. But anyway, um, quarterback sit this week for me. Give me Derek Carr. I know, I know he had a good game against Baltimore, 435 yards and two touchdowns, but He plays the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. And as we mentioned, we're slamming Pittsburgh this week. And Pittsburgh shut down one of the best quarterbacks in the league, Josh Allen, last week, too, and kept him to only one passing touchdown. So, I mean, and Pittsburgh allowed the third least passing yards by any defense last year. So, yeah, sit Derek Carr this week. Don't get excited. Who you got for your sit? I didn't realize it until I looked down at my spreadsheet, but my sit is also Derek Carr. So, uh, real original, Kane, really. Hey, 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 we're, we're screaming sit Derek Carr at the Blitz Podcast yeah, today. Yeah, please, please, we're, we're fading Derek Carr this week. Yeah. Don't Heavy. even touch him. All right, let's get into the running backs. My start of the week this week is kind of a spicy one. A.J. Dillon. And now let me defend myself. Matt LaFleur said this year or prior to this year that he was going to get A.J. Dillon involved a lot this year. And I've seen projections for A.J. Dillon to be up to a thousand yards this year, which is insane. But I mean, good. A lot of people think really good things of A.J. Dillon. And granted, he was a very high draft pick for where they drafted him. So and and on a team that could have used a hundred different things, hundred other different things besides running back when they drafted. Him. So, but they think very highly of AJ Dillon and they, he plays the lions this week who just suck. And they just allowed undrafted rookie Elijah Mitchell to run for a hundred plus yards against them. So yeah. Give me AJ Dillon as a spicy start. Who you got? Um, I've got Damian Harris who will be facing the Jets this week, who they do have Quinn Williams and the guy that I can't pronounce his last name because it's like Fatusaki, something like that. <laughs> who's a very good run. Who's a very good run defender. But I think that the Patriots are going to use him a lot. He was a hundred yard rusher last week. And yes, he fumbled at the very end of the game, but probably could have punched in a touchdown, which would have put him at having a very good week. I think he solidified his spot as the lead back, especially now with Sonny Michelle gone. Granted, a lot of the receptions, they're going to go to James White, but he's going to be, I don't know how to say a Nick Chubb 
type of situation where you know like and he's not I'm not going to say Derrick Henry just because they're different types of runners but you know you know he's not going to catch the ball and that's fine but he's probably going to give you about 80 yards every week and probably a touchdown too yeah and James White is nothing spectacular on the receiving end either like I don't want James White in any of my leagues and I never have like unless it was absolutely desperate so I like the Damian Harris start this week. Definitely. Um, for my sit of the week, I'm doubling down, my guy. Sit Saquon Barkley again this week. I told you last week. I told you he's going to be on limited pitch count. I told you Joe Judge has been saying really interesting stuff about I can only control volume, not intensity. And what do you know? Saquon only carries it 10 times in the game. And he finished with what less than 30 yards? Like, hey, come you. on. Hey, hey, I called it. I called it. I hate to say it. And Saquon plays against a Washington football team defense this week. So if you thought about starting him on the pitch count anyway, he plays a hell of a defensive line. So who are looking to prove themselves after they lost their starting quarterback and lost to the Chargers last week. So who you got as your sit? Well, I don't care because I'm starting Saquon anyway. My sit of the week in week two was your start of the week in week one. James Robinson looked awful. Granted, game script did not exactly provide a whole lot for James Robinson, but he finished was with a measly five points. I believe he had five carries for 25 yards, something like that. Yeah. Carlos Hyde had yeah. more carries than him. Uh, the Jaguars just overall did not look good, and James Robinson is a guy who has – thrived and thrived solely off of volume because he's not extremely talented. That's why he was undrafted. Um, he, if he's not getting that volume, he's useless. He's not worth, he's barely worth having on your roster, much less a starting spot. Um, this is just judging based off last week. He could very well turn it around this week, but I just don't like it for him. Fair enough. Leave. He is playing Denver, who is not exactly going to let them run right through them. Exactly. Him run right through them. And let's not forget that James Robinson is an undrafted rookie. Last yeah. year he was. So it's not like he was he's got great physicality or anything. So yeah, I like it. I like it. Let's hop into the wide receivers now. And for my wide receiver start this week, give me Tyler Boyd. Give me some, give me some of a uh, Tyler, Tyler Boyd, man. Come on. But my thing on Tyler Boyd, I know he disappointed in week one, but Joe Burrow loved him last year. I mean, people were regarding Tyler Boyd as, and not just Joe Burrow loved him. I mean, all the quarterbacks in Cincinnati loved him last year. And Tyler Boyd is, was being regarded at a time as one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. So He's got the talent. Like he's not just going to sit down and um, he's playing against one of the, some of the worst DBs in the league um, in Chicago, Jalen Johnson, Artie Burns at Duke Shelley. Like, Steelers legend, Artie Burns. <laughs> how far have the Chicago bears fallen as far as defense goes, especially their corners and their secondary Jeez, But the bears defense last week, I mean, I don't just have to tell you that they're bad. I mean, they allowed three, Rams receivers have more than 65 yards. So and on a team like the Bengals, who have three very talented receivers, I think all three could contribute in this game. 
So, yeah, give me some Tyler Boyd. Who you got? My start of the week is Devontae Smith. He had a great week last week against the Falcons. Now he plays an even more depleted. Please, please pray. Please pray for Jason Verrett. God bless <laughs> that man. He is so talented and just cannot stay on the field. Um, an already depleted cornerback room that was relying on Jason Verrett to stay healthy all year. He's obviously now out with a torn ACL. Uh, Devontae Smith. Far and away the number one target in Philadelphia. I really like the matchup. Really like the amount of targets he's going to get. Start Devontae Smith. Sweet. I like it. All right. For my sit this week, it pains me to say this. And you probably, if you have him, it's going to be hard to sit him. But I, I don't feel great about him this week. Sit Terry McLaurin if you can, if it's possible. Because uh-huh. Terry, yeah. Uh, sad. Sadness. <laughs> um, Terry cool. McLaurin this week, he's going to be playing without Ryan Fitzpatrick for the next eight weeks. So that sucks for any receiver. But uh, he does like Taylor Heineke a lot. He came out over the offseason and said that he would take Taylor Heineke seven days a week as his quarterback, twice on Sunday. So he has a lot of faith in Heineke. But, I mean, they prepared They've been preparing the offense all offseason around Ryan Fitzpatrick. So they have to – it's going to take some time to get used to Heineke as the primary quarterback this year. And if that wasn't enough, he's going to be strapped by either James Bradbury or Dory Jackson this week on a talented giant secondary. So who you got as your sit this week? Uh, My sit is Brandon Cooks. He's going to be riding the high of last week where – you know, he began to gain hype as like somebody who could be startable week to week just because he's the only receiving threat there. And their offense boomed last week, so he does great. But he's going to hit a very, very big roadblock in the Cleveland Browns defense with Denzel Ward likely guarding him as they match up very well, especially speed-wise. Um, yeah, I don't like Brandon Cooks this week. I don't like the matchup. I think Tyrod's going to get a little flustered, even though he is a vet by – all of the things that the Browns will be able to throw at him. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Let's hop into our last position group for our starts and sits. And that is tight end. And for my start this week, give me John Smith. He plays the jets who allowed the most fantasy points by far to tight ends last year. And in his game on Sunday, he had more targets and more yards than Hunter Henry did. So Looked better than Hunter Henry did on Sunday. And Mac Jones is starting to come into form. I mean, he looked great on Sunday against the Dolphins. And I don't know why he wouldn't keep getting better as the season goes on, especially against the Jets. So, yeah, give me Jonah Smith. And for the record, I like Jonah Smith so much better than Hunter Henry. I mean, Jonah Smith can do things that Hunter Henry just physically cannot do. So, what you got as your start this week? Um, give me Bobby Tanyan kind of freestyling this. I could not think of a start, uh, but yeah, give me Bobby Tanyan. I think just the Packers offense this week should be on fire again. If it isn't hit the panic button, but I think he'll be able to grab a touchdown or two against a team that doesn't really guard tight ends that well or guard anything very well for that matter. Um, yeah. Give me Bobby Tanyan. Interesting. I'm just not a fan of Robert Tanya. I mean, 
he's so touchdown dependent. I mean, arguably oh, the most yeah, touchdown sure. dependent. If there's just the like other than John New, there is nobody like Logan Thomas doesn't exactly have a favorable matchup. Then you get into Kelsey Waller. Waller. Kill. They're starting those guys anyway. Right. Pitts, right. I'll talk about in a second. Hawkinson's facing Green Bay. There's not a whole lot of good start options this right. week at tight end. Yeah. So Agreed. this is a good way and to have that program. Despite the touchdown dependency last week or last year, Robert Tanyan was one of the best tight ends in fantasy football outside of the big three and those other guys you mentioned. So um, my sit this week for tight end, give me some Mark Andrews, dude. I have Mark Andrews in a 10 team league that we are both in. And he shit the bed, if I say so myself, on Monday Night Football. He has a favorable matchup against the Chiefs, who are not one of the best defenses against tight end. But, however, he was only targeted five times against Vegas. It was multiple times, and I was watching very closely on Mark Andrews because I would have won the game if he would have done anything, anything, like six points worth of something. But, no. He was targeted only five times versus Vegas. He was wide open on multiple passes, and Lamar just didn't want to throw to him. He looked like an average white male out on the field. So, also, Sammy Watkins is starting to emerge as a new favorite target. And I could see for the amount of times that Lamar throws the ball, which is not a whole ton, he might be looking towards Hollywood Brown and Sammy Watkins more often than he would Mark Andrews, which was the case against Vegas. So yeah, sit Mark Andrews this week. And for the rest of the year, I'm just not, I'm just don't feel great about Mark Andrews. So what you got? Uh, I'm sitting Kyle Pitts this week as a Kyle Pitts owner. This hurts because he didn't play very well last week. And now I feel obligated to sit him this week because he's facing the Bucks, and the Bucks have Levante David and Devin White, two of the most talented linebackers in our game. And Levante David is one of the best pass coverage, if not the best pass coverage linebacker to be able to give to Kyle Pitts. And this being a second game, granted, I do think game script might play well for them because they're probably going to be playing from behind, but I just I feel like they're going to try and exploit that. The Falcons are going to try and exploit that third corner issue that the Bucks have. And even if they move Kyle Pitts out wide, I still think that Levante David or Devin White can stay with him because as much of a freak as Kyle Pitts is, Devin White is also extremely athletic. So, yeah, totally agree. I think that's a solid stit. Sit. Solid stit. That's a solid tit, Jaden. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. Well, that just about does it for our week one recap and our starting sits for this week and our week two preview. So hopefully you feel prepared coming into this week. It's kind of a sinker of a schedule, but there should be some good games. And out of the stinkers, there will be good games to watch. So, yeah, good luck to everyone in fantasy this week. And we will catch you next week. Adios, everyone.